Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to It Never Gets Old, a firsthand account of all things secondhand, resale, vintage, consignment, used, pre-loved, because the future of fashion is nothing new. I am your host, Meredith Feynman, and I am joined by my bestie in the Westie, Sarah Lane. Mayor, it's sunny outside today. My dog and I ate lunch in the sun, uh, sitting on the grass, and saw a butterfly, and I thought, you know what? It's a pretty good day pretty good day. There's a lot going on in the world and it's important to find joy in little things. You know, my dog is chilling and she's happy and (laughs) I'm trying to focus on that. And I think that's one reason why we also focus on treating ourselves in general because, you know, it never gets old listeners, uh, no matter where you are or driving or at home or thinking about things, hoping to provide a, a brief respite from whatever it is that's going on, colossal or otherwise. So Sarah, what are you treating yourself to this week? Well, this is actually not really something I did on purpose, but I found in my in the trunk of my car, I have an SUV, so the trunk is like pretty big. And when I moved almost six months ago now, I mostly cleaned out a bunch of stuff that had been in my car, you know, as I as I drove up California for 400 miles. But there were a couple things way in the back that I was just like, eh, I'll get to it. And one was a, like a cooler, you know, that you'd pack up for a picnic or if you're going to the beach or whatever. And I just like forgot that I had hidden a 12 pack of LaCroix in the cooler. And I have a 12 pack of coconut LaCroix, which is my favorite LaCroix flavor. It's a polarizing flavor. Not everybody likes the coconut, but if you like the coconut, you probably understand my plight, which is it's hard to get because they don't stock it the way that they stock other flavors because only some people like the coconut flavor. So half the time I go to a store that I know has it, it's not actually there. So I felt like I had found a pot of gold of sorts and I had one just before we started recording. I'm so happy for you. I think LaCroix is disgusting. (laughs) I feel like a traitor to all millennials. I don't like fizzy water. Yeah, that would be a deterrent. Yeah. I don't mind some sodas, but you know, seltzer, get out of here. Like I have this thing, which Sarah knows that I'm obsessed with hydrating and I like carry around ridiculous liter bottles. Sometimes even like currently I I carry like glass liter bottles, like ones you would put in the middle of the table for a restaurant. That's just my own. People like, oh, like are you at a restaurant right now? I'm like, no, this is just me. And so (laughs) 
fizzy water doesn't allow me to imbibe as much water as I would like to at any given moment. So water is very deeply important. And please remember to hydrate. It's good for your skin. It's just like good in general. You know, I don't know. It's PSA on hydration. Treat wise, you know, it's funny. Sarah and I are always at odds. Like I think coconut LaCroix is just disgusting. And there's some people listening who are deeply, deeply tied to the LaCroix. So I would like to know which team you're on just for fun. Uh, let us know. Uh, send us an email or something because no one's ever like the coconut flavor is okay. They're either like, yuck, it's awful. Or they're like me and they're like, it's a prize. Yeah. And I mean, you can always email us at hello at ingopodcast.com. Go to ingopodcast.com. Slide into the DMs on Twitter or Instagram at ingopodcast. Please, while I'm plugging, subscribe and rate and review. It really matters uh, so that we can bring you content and get the feedback to get you what you want. So, Treat-wise, let's see. Uh, I have had been on somewhat of a junky bender, so I'm trying to keep it healthier, and I'm eating a lot of carrots and hummus, which, you know, is like a, a classic. I'm trying to be good to my good to my body. That doesn't mean I'm not eating like 16 Starbursts every night, but <laughs> but carrots and hummus are... I love hummus. I felt one of my favorite accounts on Instagram is just hummus memes. It's exactly what it sounds like. Just memes of hummus. Have you ever made your own hummus, Mare? I have. And it was actually pretty good. Uh, I have this Vitamix sitting here that I should probably use, you know, queuing up the SNL sketch where she's like, you can make nut butters. And, you know, they're like, how much is it? Uh, So, you know, maybe maybe I'll get into making my own hummus. In the meantime, I will just there's this one brand. I forget what the brand is and they're not paying us. So I won't name the brand, but (laughs) it's everything bagel flavored. It's really delicious. And if you hear some mild groaning in the background, um, that is not murder. <laughs> so that, that sounds is, a little suspect. What's that is my dog, Bean. Um, sometimes after she eats something delicious, since you know she knows she's part of the podcast, she's in on this whole treats thing. After she eats something delicious, she rolls around on the floor, so uh, like very aggressively. And then like moans, I think with joy. So if there's anyone who like knows anything about dogs, like, I mean, I think it's good, but she, that was like a happiness situation and I'm not killing my dog. So it's just FYI. Good to know. Okay. So what are we getting into today? Uh, I want to talk about a corner of the internet that is a fun place for me. I talk a lot about wanting secondhand objects that are hard to find. I all of a sudden, again, like leave it to me to find a new secondhand corner of the internet and specifically on on Poshmark, but other places, I've decided that I want vintage designer towels. I mean, I just continue to find new objects, um, but I am like, look at all these, like, look at this old YSL towel. Like, look at this old Gucci towel. Like, I think I need to I mean, I guess I would display them. I don't know what I would do with them. It's hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that unless they had been tucked away in someone's attic and, you know, airtight and had no chance of, you know, getting torn apart by moths, to me, vintage towel sounds like old threadbare towel. Yeah. And you know what? I'm a disgusting hoe sometimes, but I also wouldn't use them. <laughs> they, so, like, I would, just a I fun would just dis- thing to have. I'm obsessed 
with, as some listeners know, I don't know, we've been archived since April 2019. Go back and listen to everything. But I love collecting uh, designer objects that are just unusual. So anyway, I'm on a towel bender. But no, I'm not going to be using them to like dry my hair. So that's not what we're talking about today. Today we are talking about how to find discontinued things and cult objects that don't exist anymore secondhand. So what does that mean? Sarah, have you ever loved a product or a piece of clothing and then it went, it got discontinued or the brand itself got discontinued? Yes. In fact, we've discussed my parfum journey, um, Girl on 68, that I still can't find, even though there's a different version that the company is selling for a very high price, but it's not the same because the old one was cologne and this new one is, I know it's going to smell different because if it, if it wasn't, there wouldn't be so many search results about people doing exactly what I'm doing right now. And I saw it on Mercari recently. It was like someone selling about three quarters of a bottle and I was like, just do it, Sarah. And then I thought, eh, I need to research this a little bit more because I have actually never used that service before, even though I understand how it works. But, um, but yes, this is near and dear to my heart, and it, it's a bit of a heartache at the moment. I went to the University of Pennsylvania, and I took exactly one class at uh, Wharton, which is the business school, and I dropped it because I thought it was too hard, and I wanted to um, go to more frat parties. But I do remember in a marketing class, the professor asking if there was something you loved that like got discontinued. And I guess I just let out this insanely audible gasp. And he was like, um, do you want to tell us what it is? And of course, it's in the like sweet streets vein. But, you know, my heart broke when Jolly Ranchers removed the lemon flavor <laughs> and replaced it with blue raspberry. I love anything lemon flavored. And that, you know, it was in a bigger conversation about, you know, what we care about with brands. So this came to me because... I have this incredible, you know, if you remember the brand, it doesn't exist anymore. And I guess I bought this a couple years ago and, it, you know, the brand just went under um, or not just, but doesn't exist. Uh, paper, denim and cloth, which I remember being such a cult original, like when Seven Jeans came out, they were one of those premium denim brands. I can remember the pocket stitching. I don't think I ever had a pair, but I got this incredible moto shearling jacket that looks, it's a, you know, exactly like the acne one that a lot of people are after. And I bought it at Wasteland in Los Angeles in maybe mm, 2015. And it was like a $2,700 jacket. Of course, I got it for like, you know, $120 and I had never worn it. And I stared at it and I stared at it. And these days I'm just getting more ruthless with getting rid of my stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm finally going to sell this. So I looked online and I, I couldn't get anything for it because it was discontinued. Like the brand was discontinued and the value was as if it could have been from anywhere. But I would think, and maybe I've got reverse logic going on here, but I would think that that would make the demand higher because now there's a finite amount of paper, denim, and cloth stuff floating around the universe. And that's what you would think. And that's the key like distinction I want to make. So paper, denim, and cloth isn't a hot brand right now. There are other things like if you think about how you know, some people started to pay a premium for like juicy sweatsuits that we all wore in the aughts, you know, 
thinking of like Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. It took a long time. They had this cult, like people would buy, I bought them on eBay and then they brought in a new creative director and she reissued them because people really had this nostalgia for them. But unless there is this finite amount that people are looking for and maybe that like loop back around or their styles that don't exist anymore, I'm not just talking about brands that are discontinued, but discontinued styles, then that's when the price goes up. But if it's a brand that people loved and then the brand just went out of business, uh, sometimes you're just shit out of luck. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to wear this. I took it to a bunch of secondhand stores, like people offered me insanely low prices for it or you know sales and money for it because a lot of people don't know what the brand is it's very frustrating yeah i guess it's it is all about what's hot right now i honestly if you had not mentioned paper denim and cloth i would never have thought about it again probably because unless i was i don't know at in a thrift store of some kind i'm not gonna see it anymore but i i remember it just as you do it was definitely a very hot brand i don't think i had any of their jeans but i remember a friend having a very soft pair like before like hyper soft jeans it was kind of a first wave of that sort of thing you know and everything was still kind of boot cut and sort of almost flowy and uh yeah they were they were hot shit they were hot shit and they're not hot shit anymore and like nobody was was looking for it nobody is looking for it I mean, if you are, hit me up. I'll sell it to you. And eventually, it never gets old. I We will, I guess, have some sort of marketplace, which I, I'm putting into the universe to create where we can just, you know, sell things or swap things to all listeners because we love you guys and you're all really enthusiastic about this. But yeah, I mean, it just sucked. There's no resale value. So obviously, in keeping in line, let's first st- talk about just like discontinued brands altogether. So what do you do if you have stuff like I do that you can't really sell? So I had a couple options. I mean, you can sell it, obviously, but so much of value, resale value is tied to brand and tied to demand. So this was hot for a moment. Again, paper, denim and cloth, like RIP, pour one out. Um, But my options were slim. So it's not like they were on the real real. Um, if I had sent it to ThreadUp, maybe they would have listed it for like $30 because it's not a brand that's in demand. This is real shearling. It's very expensive and very beautiful. And I've had people reach out to me with similar uh, difficulties selling things that maybe they got abroad that are brands that people don't recognize or are unbranded. Like if you ever got a leather jacket in Italy and it didn't have a tag in it, like unfortunately the value there is very low and it just goes to show like how much we care about brands over quality a lot of the time. Because if you like look at a, you know, a high-end designer or just a medium designer leather jacket and then a leather jacket made in Italy, like the it, it's not even a question that the latter has a lot more you know value and a lot more workmanship but you can't get much money for it yeah because it's like you can't prove that any price was set at a certain you know it's like the acne jacket pricing if someone were to say well let's go with that pricing because it's it's that nice you'd be like well but it isn't an acne jacket necessarily (laughs) which is funny it's a little counterintuitive because on the surface you feel like you should want the things that you like the most and seem the most you and that's where you should spend your money but it doesn't work that way if you don't know where it's from you're like well I'm gonna pay as little as possible because because you can't show me the receipts right so with this jacket I ended up deciding to keep it so then you know I, I exhausted all the online options and it's really nice and I brought it to a couple stores and one resale shop you know offered me like 20 bucks for it and I was like you know at some point you have to decide like 
Sometimes I do just want things to get away from me. Like I had a similar Doma leather jacket that was black, awesome leather jacket. And we've talked some, we have an episode about leather jackets in particular and my finding the perfect moto. And things fluctuate and change and values fluctuate and change. And I end up just offloading that for a very low amount of money. So I think your options are to keep it sell it for a low amount of money or give it to a friend, um, which is what I find myself doing, or donate it or recycle it sustainably. Those are sort of your options. But on the flip side, like let's say you loved paper denim and cloth. You're like in a great position because you can get this stuff for really cheap. You just have to know where to look. So whether that's eBay, whether that's Mercari, it's not going to be on the bigger sites because those are for moving brand name items. I'm not even sure the policy of like a thread up. I think they take like recognizable brands only, which means you're in the wild west of like doing it yourself. Um, but if there's a brand you love, I want I like, I don't know, there's so much nostalgia in brands that like we think about and we love so much. Like I'm thinking about like limited two right now and all that. <laughs> limited two doesn't exist anymore, right? Does limited exist? No. The limited? I don't know if it was... Was it ever the? I don't know. It was sort of like how Gap is like, it's not the Gap, but everyone says the Gap. Or uh, like Contempo Casuals. Oh, yeah. Did I you loved ever... Contempo or Wet Seal. Uh, yeah. So now we're just on a nostalgia train, which like if you're on a nostalgia train and everything looks so 90s right now, the styling is insane and the youths are so into the 90s. But also I'm, in, you know, I'm into the 90s stuff. You can actually get that at a sick price because it's kind of hard for people to sell so that actually might be a fun a fun challenge to like go through and think of brands you used to love like mm-hmm. i'm sure there's delia's delia's is coming back like this is sometimes what loops around too is nostalgia so strong that like delia's if you grew up in the 90s or teen tween in the 90s were just breathing in the 90s um delia's was this mail order primarily like forever 21 right for lack of a better for a better term I never shopped at Delia's. I know the name, but if you would have said it was a place to get your ears pierced in the mall, I would believe you. I didn't realize it was mail order anything. Oh, so Delia's, I would just wait for, (laughs) if you're a millennial, like I would wait for the Delia's catalog and just like savor it. And it was basically just Forever 21 type stuff, fast fashion, teeny tiny sizing, like not great quality, but like the coolest shit, like the coolest crop spaghetti tops, like it's spaghetti tank tops, which is so crazy because like everyone wears that all now. But again, nostalgia is really powerful and Delia's is like coming back. So the point is you got to sort of like weigh your options when buying and selling brands that no longer exist. Getting a good night's sleep is truly harder than ever in the times we're living in. And just in general, I don't know about you, but I spend a lot of time tossing and turning, just thinking about my business and the podcast. uh, And some of that has to do with how comfortable my bed is. There's a lot of bedding options these days, but I want to tell you about Attitude. It's very in the spirit of it never gets old, women founded and sustainable. Super soft. They're made of bamboo. Super breathable. If you get really sweaty at night, helps regulate your temperature. They're hypoallergenic antimicrobial but really exciting this clean bamboo process recycles 98% of the water it uses every sheet set saves 3,031 gallons of water compared to traditional cotton sheets free from harsh chemicals vegan organic 
the most sustainable bedding available. The packaging is eco-friendly. They don't only have sheets, super cute jammies and robes. And it never gets old listeners get a special discount of 20%. If you go to edit2.com and enter the promo code INGO, you'll get 20% off of whatever you want. And hopefully you can snooze a little better. Again, that is edit2.com. E-T-T-I-T-U-D-E dot com. Use the promo code I-N-G-O for 20% off. Attitude. Get a better night's sleep. What I do want to move on to is styles and things that were discontinued. Like, Sarah, your perfume is not a brand that went out of business. It's something that was discontinued. Have there been other things that you love that have been discontinued? Definitely. Mostly cosmetic stuff. There was a Clinique lipstick. You may be familiar with the shade Black Honey. It's like the best-selling Clinique tinty lipstick ever. It's like going to be at Sephora till the end of time. And it's when you open the, the tube up and you look at it, you go, ooh, this looks like vamp nail polish. It looks really dark, but it goes on really light. It's like a stain rather than a full-on like matte lipstick. It's great. But when... Black Honey and that kind of Clinique line of these sort of thin silver lipstick tint colors came out. It was one of many. And there was another color. This is a long time ago, too. I'm not wearing a whole lot of frosty (laughs) lip gloss anymore. But at the time, it was like totally my style. I thought it looked really good. I was super tan. So it was like it would stand out because I had these like frosty pink lips. I loved that. It was discontinued a long time ago. If somebody were to have it... I don't even know where I'd start looking because I don't even remember the name of the lipstick color at this point. But as long as it didn't look too used, I would buy it in a second just just for that nostalgia feel. Oh, yeah. So now we're getting into like, what do you do when stuff is discontinued? Guess what? You go to the secondhand market and there is a lot to find there. I remember so page denim, which I'm not even sure is around anymore. I think they are. So many of these premium denim brands have come and gone, but there was my favorite jeans, these page denim. I was obsessed with them. And people ask me this all the time for stuff they're looking for if it's highly specific and they don't sell it anymore. So what do you do? You start looking into the secondhand market. So I loved these jeans so much. They were like the perfect amount of like little rips, but then they started to rip a lot and they were just like a great wash and they didn't sell them anymore. So I think it was one of the, I mean, I am not a big eBay user. Uh, I like to look at it, but you know, I don't feel that it is my super strength. And I, what you can always do is Google the style number. So what is a style number? Every garment uh, that is issued has a style number, which is how a brand tracks it. It's usually on the tag somewhere on the garment. Depending on the brand, the style numbers are different. Some use letters, some use numbers, some use a combination. But you can always type that into a Poshmark, to an eBay, to a Mercari. And so what I did was I found another pair on eBay and I bought them and I had both pairs and I was so happy and I have since gotten rid of them. I decided they weren't my style anymore. But you can find awesome discontinued stuff on the secondhand internet. Um, And that's like what I did with like, you know, a juicy sweatsuit before they reissued them. You mentioned paper denim and cloth. Didn't have a pair of those jeans, but because jeans are so specific, depending on your style and your shape. And man, I know I speak for a lot of us when I say when I find the ones that work, I want them in like every color. But How much are styles getting discontinued? I mean, trends change. We all know that. But how often are companies actually discontinuing things that are are popular in their heyday? 
I feel like everyone's mom when I say this, but if there's something you really like, you should buy it in every color because fashion has sped up to the point where stuff has such a limited run, which means that they make it that one time and maybe they'll bring it back, but it'll never be exactly the same. I mean, this used to be truer of like faster fashion, but as fashion speeds up and now I think actually it'll slow down as people care about being more sustainable and buying things that last longer and classic styles. But you got to watch it if there's something you're obsessed with and you notice yourself wearing it so much. And if it's not prohibitively expensive, I would buy a couple more of them. Um, I have done that for jeans. Uh, I have done that for certain uh, a top. And even if it's the same one, like if I find myself just not taking something off, because the truth is, is this stuff moves really, really quickly and it can be really hard to find. Yeah, you can sometimes find it on the second internet. You look up, you know, you open the tag and... You have to have the tag in order to find the style number to find it. Otherwise, it takes like way too much digging. Mm -hmm. Um, But you should consider stockpiling some of this stuff because either you won't be able to find it again or then you're just going to have to pay a premium secondhand. Yeah, I, I don't. This is not a rule I always follow. But let's say you find a T-shirt that's just like, ah, you know, it's soft, it fits well, it looks nice, going to last for a while, that type of thing. I always, if there's one in black, gray, and white, I'll get all three because it's like it's all the same shirt and they all pretty much are going to match all the same outfits, but you get so much more variety out of it and you already know that you're going to like the other two. Yeah. And this depends on the brand, but like just assume stuff's going to change all the time. If there's something you find like that, like I think, as I've said in my vintage t-shirt, I collect vintage t-shirts. I collect vintage plain white Hanes t-shirts. I still think they're the best white t-shirt that exists. I have yet to find something that like comes close except this one holy grail like really long, beat up, see-through, Chloe, like absolutely random t-shirt that I got in LA. I just don't remember where. But again, I'll never find that again. So, um, you know, if you love it, maybe, maybe buy more than one. And then sometimes when brands are discontinued or styles are discontinued, it drives the price up. So, for example, Raph Simmons did a special line that I just learned was discontinued from a stylist friend, which is the highest, highest end of Calvin Klein. So it was it's called Calvin Klein 205 West 39th NYC, which is really a mouthful. Um, But the pieces are amazing. I love all of them. And they have their really high resale value and they're not going to be made again. They're extremely expensive just in stores, but they don't exist in stores anymore. So actually some of that stuff, like the prices are really high. So conversely, that means if you're buying it secondhand, like, you know, the prices are higher. But if you have it in your closet, this is sort of like when we discussed selling designer collaborations sell it when you see it being hot i mean again you watch these prices like come and go but you don't want to end up in a paper denim and cloth situation which is different but like if you have some of this stuff and you're not wearing it you want to you know sell high buy low so you know when like really high-end stuff that's very desired is discontinued at least for a while there's a really really high resale value if you have it in your closet sell it and sometimes Something is discontinued. I think a lot of brands are playing on nostalgia right now, but then people like it so much and search for it so much secondhand or vintage that they bring it back. So if you know what the Dior saddlebag is, it was really popular, like, you know, Carrie Bradshaw wore it on Sex and the City. It was like popular in the aughts. And the Fendi baguette, those are two like small bags that were popular in like the late 90s, early 2000s. And both brands, but particularly Dior, saw that there was so much happening with the secondhand saddlebag market. They decided to reissue it. 
So I think we'll see a, actually a lot of that happening. Like, you, Sarah, for all you know, your perfume might be remade if there's enough demand. Well, there certainly is demand, but who knows if I'm just one of the <laughs> the vocal 20 in the world. I'm sure there's more of us than that. But yeah, that would be awesome. It's funny because when you think of, oh, that got discontinued, my mind immediately goes, oh, because it wasn't very popular. It didn't sell. You know, there's all sorts of reasons these things happen. I love the idea of a reissue coming around you know, adding new energy and life into something that was beloved before. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of brands are just going to continue to do that and play on the nostalgia. So the Fendi baguette is another small bag that, you know, in watching these tipping, it, it's just been interesting, like watching these tipping points. So like I had a friend, have a friend with a Dior saddlebag. that's a really cool one. And forever you couldn't get any money for it. Like it was really hot in like 2000, 2000 or 1998 or whatever, but that was before I was playing around in the secondhand universe online. And then for a while there, you couldn't get any money for it because it wasn't a style that was desired. And then a lot of like vintage stylists, then a huge marketing push from Dior, uh, you know, she had gone to all these places and they didn't want to give her very much to any money for it. And then they reissued the saddlebag. And a lot of this is like brands manufacturing trends. I'm like thinking of like Devil Wears Prada talking about like the cerulean sweater or whatever. But then all of a sudden it's like something that's really desired. So if something is reissued and then you have the older version of that, you can actually sell it for a lot of money. And I'm thinking of another Louis Vuitton option. So Louis Vuitton did a collaboration a million years ago uh, with Murakami, who put cherries on some of the bags. Did you do you remember that, Sarah? Mm-hmm. I do. And then you had the he also did the white Louis Vuitton with the colored symbols, which like were so again we're talking about the aughts. They were so so cool. They were really expensive, and then they totally fell off the face of the earth. And I had like the little cherries like keychain thing and I had a friend who was looking for one and forever they were incredibly inexpensive secondhand because people didn't want them. They're like, oh, that is old. That is like not cool. That's not a current. That's not in. And then Murakami started designing so many other things. And, you know, he was like that now they at Kith in New York, they sell like some of the vintage cherry bags for like thousands of dollars, like way more than retail. So if you have one of those, sell it. It's funny because you'd think how could it if everyone who had them and was like, eh, this bag was cool way back when and now it's like worth nothing, it's in the back of my closet. If everyone knew about this, then the prices wouldn't go up so much because there'd be so many. But you probably get a lot of people who, you know, they moved and they just chucked stuff or they donated it or they didn't have the tools that are available now to get some money back on something. And, it, you know, it's. It, I think that the supply probably went down a lot just because you didn't realize it was going to come back around. And everything, I guess, well, not everything, a lot of things come back around. And sometimes, you know, with a brand not existing anymore, I think that's very different. But the nostalgia factor is so strong that you should look into what you have that you think is like old and uncool, quote unquote, and see what the prices are right now. Because I watched those cherry bags. Like I remember they were going for nothing secondhand. And then I looked at them like six months later after Kith put them in their stores, after Murakami did a bunch of other collaborations that like were cool in streetwear and all the prices had quintupled. I mean, I love to watch this stuff. This is what I look at. So, you know, for the stuff that I love, the Calvin Klein, you know, 205 West 39th NYC, like, you know, that stuff right now is really high, but, you know, it could just totally fall off. So watch it, you know, buy low, sell high. But also you might think you have a bag that like, or a jacket or whatever that you're like, oh, this is like literally from 2001. Who would want this? You would be surprised. And I'm always here to help you, you know, find the best stuff out there and make some money while doing it. 
You can find us online at ingopodcast.com. There you will learn more about me, your host, Meredith Feynman, my beautiful producer, Sarah Lane. You can always send us an email, hello at ingo podcast, slide into the DMs. We're on Twitter and Instagram at ingo podcast or my personal DMs, whatever, at Meredith Feynman. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we will see you on the secondhand and regular internet soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.